Hey everyone, we hope you are doing well, we hope you're safe, and we hope that you are practicing social distancing with the people that you love and only the people you love. Please know that this episode was recorded previously before COVID-19 happened, so no worries, we are not spreading anything that we may have and that we are keeping safe and doing our part, and we hope that you do your part as well. We hope that you do your part so that way we can go back out into the world, go back to normalcy as quickly as possible, and to make sure others allow themselves to be healthy. So stay safe, hopefully you're listening to us while having fun in quarantine, and we'll see y'all back at the podcast. Bye guys! Alright, good morning. My name is Amanda and this is Friendship State of Mind and today we are back at the big school versus small school section of Friendship State of Mind and today we're going to talk about freshman introductory camps. We don't know how many of you know about that. For my friends in the south, you're obviously going to know what that is. For our northerners, um, this will be a very intriguing one for you. It's not a, it's not cult camp. It's learning your traditions camp. But today I have with me Dalton Jones. Hi, everyone. And so Dalton is Coach Jones's son. And Coach Jones is obviously on a few of our episodes for Texas History. And Coach Jones is here with us. But today we're featuring Dalton. So Dalton, tell me like where you grew up. And I know where you grew up, obviously. But tell me where you grew up and where you're from and things like that. Good old Brian, Texas. Brian, Texas, man. Oh, yes. But you still claim College Station because yes, it's Sister City. I do. And so, that's where I went to college. Right. So, aka College Station. Right. Uh-huh. Now, I, I knew Dalton from Coach Jones, but also mm-hmm. you were in band in high school. So, yes, your I primary was. instrument in band was alto sax? Yes. Alto, alto sax. sax. So, you, you really loved music. And things like that, because I remember that was a big thing for your dad, and then your younger sister Darby was more into like athletics and things mm-hmm. like that. And so you enjoyed band at Rudder, because that's where you went to school. Yes. Um, so you did primary alto sax. Did you play anything else? Yeah. So apart from the alt- from the alto sax, I dipped into tenor sax and soprano sax, mm-hmm. um, depending on what I was doing. So mm-hmm. like I did tenor for musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, we did like Music Man. I didn't know you played in the pit. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, I got to do Music Man and Grease. Grease is where I dipped into um, the tenor sax. Okay. Soprano sax, I had a solo. I was like a featured soloist mm-hmm. my junior year. Okay. Um, and one of them was more of a trumpet herald, but mm-hmm. um, no offense to anyone if y'all are from the Rudder High School band, the trumpet section was not that fantastic. <laughs> um that was one of the sections I wasn't allowed to date in college. So, like, we have stereotypes of choir. Um, for each voice part, um, they all have their goods and bads, obviously. But mm-hmm. like when I made friends in college that were in band, they were like, you can date this one because they're nice and they're smart. You cannot date this one because they're typically not always, but typically I don't trust those people oh, or yeah. things like that. But like you can't be you can't be dumb if you're playing oboe or alto sax or anything right. like the Our saxophone group at SFA was one of the best in the state of Texas. I mean, like they could like really jam yeah. and they had a group called the Swing and Axes. That was a jazz group. That's cool. Yeah, they had that at SFA, and so when I needed to get recital credit, I was like, jazz band concert. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go to that every semester. That's what I did. Okay, so tell me, since you lived here, typically what happens is you're like me. You're like, I don't want to do A&M because I've been around it all my life, mm-hmm. or 
you're very much into it. So tell me what brought you to A&M. Yeah. So kind of the, the maroon Kool-Aid, as we like to call it here, um, wasn't necessarily shoved down my throat, mm-hmm. um, but it was given to me in mass quantities. See, my as dad was... used to sing me the war hymn as a baby. Number one, he can't sing. <laughs> Number two. I don't even think they did that. Yeah, no. My dad, dad, I love you. He wears his Aggie ring on his wedding band finger. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like that kind of stand. Yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. Okay, so good. At, you didn't have the maroon Kool Aid. Yeah, it was that. it was definitely fed to me in mass quantities, but <laughs> it was not was not shoved down my throat. <laughs> His dad just kicked him. That was great. Yeah, but as I was kind of going through high school and just sort of making the decision, but also being guided by my mm-hmm. parents, one thing that was something I wanted to continue on after high school was my music, mm-hmm. um, and so. That was what drew me to the A&M side of just like deciding a college because I thought of Sam. I thought mm-hmm. of like Blinn College and like sure. they have a really good music program. They at do. At like the junior college level. To and transfer so, in, yeah. Um, completely. So kind of thinking about those different pieces. I was already a student. I was dual enrolled, um, mm-hmm. dual credit student with Blinn. So I was like, okay, I know I'm already in that. Right. Um, applied to Sam, applied to A&M. And I wanted to continue music, so I wanted to do the Aggie Band. Sure. I, you have to be in the Corps of Cadets. And mm-hmm. There's no... You can't do one without the other. Um, right. So doing that, that was the decision there. But then also it being a tier one engineering university, mm-hmm. top tier research institution, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in and actually was admitted into Texas a as a biochem <laughs> major. <laughs> Which I love that now knowing that what, you, what you're pursuing and things like that, great. It, it turns into a great turn of events. Oh, yeah. I big, love it. A big turnaround. Mm-hmm. My junior year, I went to a STEM summer camp. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was through mm-hmm. the NCTM, National Center for Therapeutics Manufacturing mm-hmm. um, Division of a&M research division they mm-hmm. did like biotherapeutics and stuff like that right and so I was like oh I want to do that or mm-hmm. like do something kind of like the more bioengineering side and build like artificial hearts mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he's Just, like trying to stay quiet over there oh yeah I love it my father <laughs> he couldn't imagine <laughs> but going through that and so that's how I was admitted but halfway through that very first semester that first semester my freshman year um I was only in an intro to biochem class mm-hmm. and apart from the other STEM class, which was a math class. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the only STEM-related classes I was taking. Mm-hmm. And halfway through that intro to biochem class, I was like, this ain't it. Like, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm one of those people who like, you need to give me like the exciting stuff all the time, even if mm-hmm. it's just like in little bits. So sure. it kind of keeps me interested. Right. They weren't even doing that. Yeah, because just... in music, they throw us in. They're like music theory, oral skills, ensemble, mm-hmm. voice lessons. They're like, you either love it now or you're not going to buy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So after that halfway point in that semester, I decided I needed to change. I needed to change the pace. I needed something different. Mm-hmm. And so I already knew about the ag college. My mm-hmm. degree, for some reason, was not in the College of Science. It was in the College of ag mm-hmm. so there was some ease in my transfer process with all that but my mom had mentioned something about like ag leadership or ag mm-hmm. communication stuff like that and so i looked into the ag leadership degree transfer process mm-hmm. and didn't quite meet the ag leadership portion for transfer but i did meet the university studies okay and your disciplinary studies track okay. option for transfer so i submitted the application yeah. like, same day after i like Figured it all out. I was like, that's what I <laughs> want to do. The same day. Yeah. Okay. I asked the advisor, Reed mm-hmm. Stavanaugh. Shout out mm-hmm. to Reed. Hey, Reed. Who's my advisor all throughout college up until the very end. He, I contacted him. I was like, 
my class gets done at this time. Can mm -hmm. I meet you sure. like in 10 minutes? I'm in the biochemistry, biophysics building. Mm -hmm. Less than a 10 minute walk to the ag oh, like leadership building. That's so. like all of SFA. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Small. We're, I was a West Campus rat, so it was all mm -hmm. in West Campus. Mm -hmm. But he was like, yeah, absolutely come. And mm -hmm. so I met him for the first time there in that meeting. I go in his office and it's just mm -hmm. like a bunch of core stuff. And I'm like, this is my guy. Right, and right. Um, he was class of, I don't even remember what class he was, but mm -hmm. his core outfit, he was E2, so mm -hmm. he got to handle Reveille at some point. That was kind of going back to Reed. Reed I, yeah. yeah, when he was here, he was in E2, so he got to mm -hmm. handle Reveille at some point, and right. I knew that, like, this is my guy. Mm -hmm. He, I see him, he, like, took me under his wing. Mm -hmm. I was his only transfer for, like, under him. Okay. For that, like, spring semester, my freshman mm -hmm. year. And I knew I was like, this is where I need to be. Right. I still kept on a little bit to STEM when sure. I went in. So like I said, it was an interdisciplinary studies. Mm -hmm. I got to pick a double minor mm -hmm. um, because ag leadership, they have like the ag focus. So that right. was one of their minors and they had an accompanying minor. Mm -hmm. For me, I got the free range of like mm -hmm. what I wanted of to do. Of what you want to do, yeah. So I picked business and biology. <laughs> After I think my, like halfway through my sophomore year, I dropped the bio minor mm. and decided to pick up human resource development because that was go. about the time where I was like, okay, people are my thing. That's right. I think, the career path I want to go on. Mm -hmm. um, the only reason I did biology was so biochem could release me mm -hmm. so I could do could the transfer. release me, yes. Um, I don't even know if that's like the proper term, but mm -hmm. they had to like basically give me permission. Right, to yeah. Um, and they were like, why are you leaving? It was like, I still want to continue STEM, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, so it was like, don't don't think it's a lost cause with me. I mean, right. I'm just, right. I need something different. Well, and you recently graduated too, uh -huh. right? When, I graduated so, in August. So you got whoop. I think that's how you do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so you graduated in August and what was your degree in? It was an ag leadership. So it was a university studies. Degree. University so it was studies. A university studies, leadership studies. Okay. Kind of redundant in that mm -hmm. point. Um, but then I got the double minor from one from the Mays business school with the business um, nice. with business mm -hmm. and then one for, actually from the college of education so i go. had i fell into three different colleges and that that branches you out honestly and now mm -hmm. you're looking at the masters for higher education yes higher right? education leadership um it, with tarleton state mm -hmm. it's an all online program so, so i, I get to do. keep my working, job yeah keep working um while still working in the like working for that higher education degree. Well, and see, I want to do higher ed for like Title IX work. Yes. That's what I want to do. And a lot of people don't want that job. I'm like, give I it to me. I commend you Give it to that. me. Yeah. Yes. And so I want to do that. But we're going to take a small break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to you about freshman introductory camps, what those are, why we're, and it, it takes a part of why we're such really just big on tradition in the South and mm -hmm. our pride. And that goes into our education and our school. So stick with us. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back. And so we're going to talk to Dalton. So there's a lot of factors at A&M that are very big on tradition. And one of the things that they are big in that will tie into the freshman introductory camp called Fish Camp is the Corps of Cadets. So tell me why you picked to go into the Corps of Cadets, Dalton. So like mentioned earlier, I wanted to be in the Aggie Band. And mm -hmm. so you can't be in the Aggie Band unless you're also in the Corps of Cadets. Okay. You can't do one without the other. Sure. But you can be in the Corps and not be in the Aggie Band. Right. Let's get that a little I would love to now. just force people into band and see what happens. Oh, yeah. That would be really fun. Well, see, they used to do that, too, mm -hmm. when the band wasn't as big, mm -hmm. um, but they still wanted to kind of Grow make it. big 
formations and stuff right. like that. They just throw regular core <laughs> members an instrument and just throw them in. It's like, can you march in a straight line? Okay, perfect. You're going to oh, march half Oh my time. gosh. I never knew that. Yeah. So they did that a long time ago, but now actually starting with my class, mm-hmm. mandatory audition process. Sure. Um, requirement, like prerequisite, stuff like that, whatever mm-hmm. you call it have to be in high school band for yeah. four years. So, so formal audition process, I actually got to audition with Colonel Brewer. We, we know the Brewers nice. are from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school with Colonel Brewer's daughter. So there was already kind of that personal connection there and then mm-hmm. I did the audition process. Um, I actually didn't fill out my full sheet <coughs> at, until after the audition. So he left mm-hmm. my like note sheet in the room for me to finish filling out after I'd already played for oh, him. And it was like first chair, Alto sex. So like I knew then you, you knew that you got in. I knew I had basically gotten in at that point, but it wasn't confirmed oh until my gosh. later that spring, um, like in May. It was what like, a way to con- find out. Congratulations, like you're in the Aggie band. At least you found out. So like my parents got so excited about me being in music school because, mm-hmm. you know, I had the big falling out with the university I thought I was gonna go to. Mm-hmm. And so then I auditioned for SFA pretty last minute I was the second to last audition on the last auditioning day oh, wow. and so they sent they said you'll know in a week and I was in New York City with the choir oh. the Brian Head Choir and I said okay we'll FaceTime later they didn't wait they opened it and I'm on a bus in New York City oh my god and they're like you got it whoa and it was you <laughs> Because there had to be 10 people that had to approve you. Oh, wow. It's all the voice faculty that has to approve you, all the voice teachers and the choir directors. And so so I'm glad that you got to find out. Yeah. That was good. So you ended up playing, did you play sax while yeah. you were in the so band? Yeah, so I, okay. I played alto sax um, mm-hmm. my four years. That's what I auditioned on. Mm-hmm. Um, you were in the core, mm-hmm. and you met what y'all call buddies. So that's their name for the friends and core the mm-hmm. core is basically like a military type of thing at a and m because yes. it used to be a military school exactly so the core of cadets now is a senior reserve officer training corps okay um and it's one of the largest it actually produces the largest amount of officers compared mm-hmm. to the military academy right because once you come out of it you automatically become an officer you, correct yeah. so if you go on the contracting like military contract mm-hmm. track you commission as a second lieutenant. Okay. Um, whatever. But, but you don't have to go into the military. It's uh, yeah. So that's what it's called, non-compulsory. So the mm-hmm. Corps of Cadets back in this in like mid '60s, late '60s, mm-hmm. like right around. I always say class '67, but mm-hmm. that, they were one of like the last classes mm-hmm. um, to be like all male, mandatory military okay. college. Um, mm-hmm. Class '67. I have a personal connection with mm-hmm. um, Dr. Joe Townsend. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Hey man. Um, one of my program namesakes. Mm-hmm. Kind of going with that, it was compulsory. So it was mandatory back then, but then it became non-compulsory, fully integrated with females. So it was, they were like kind of heartbroken back then, but they're like, oh, they're so excited. Inclusive. They're going to have, they're going to have girls on the campus. Right. So (laughs) they were really excited. But yeah, so now it's Mm -hmm. non-compulsory, fully integrated, of course, Mm -hmm. college, um, meaning not mandatory. Right. I mean. So how did, so we, you, you go into A&M and before you get there, before did you go to core training first or did you go to fish camp first? I went to fish camp first. Okay, so let's explain what fish camp is. Why is it called fish camp and what is it? So fish camp. So fish is a term used for the freshmen. Mm-hmm. Fish travel in schools. And so <laughs> fish camp. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, so they're they're fish and uh-huh. they're fresh to new open water. Okay. I may kind of be elaborating on just like the sure, term fish. Sure, but, but I love it. I'm here for it. Fish is a little bit more indicative for the core. Yes, because, because so the buddies... That is a fish class, mm-hmm. class school. Huh? Right. So that fish class, they stick together. Oh, okay. that's so, so those cute. Are your, those are your buddies through and through up until the end. Mm-hmm. And they're still your buddies even right. after the end. And right. so 
Um, that's kind of where that term of fish then correlates to the entire freshman population mm-hmm. at Texas A&M. Okay, so fish camp has grown into a huge thing. Yes. How many sessions? There are, are seven. There? Seven? How many students are in each session? I have to do math. So there's <laughs> there's seven camps, roughly. Uh-huh. One of the one or two of the sessions don't have seven camps. Okay. Um, and that's just because of where it falls. It falls close to core recruitment mm-hmm. and sorority recruitment. Um, so one of the one of the camp sessions doesn't have seven camps. Okay. But if we're doing seven times roughly two hundred, mm-hmm. so it's what fourteen hundred. Yeah. Seven times over. Oh, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of math. Coach Jones, can you do that? Wow, no. that's history. I t- <laughs> I teach history. I mean, I teach music. I mean, you have to be yeah, both brained for that. that but. That's 9,800 students that total go to fish camp. That, 9, that's a rough, rough estimate. There's probably more or less a couple hundred. Oh my gosh. Um, that's half of our university at SFA. Yeah. Like, understand that. That's half of our university. It's every summer? It's yeah. every summer. Yeah, every summer throughout the month of August. Wow. Oh my Late gosh. July. Now, do you get to work every session? No. Okay. So how how the selection process kind of goes, actually camp basically, once it ends, it starts over again. Mm -hmm. They pick the new head director who picks the next seven assistant directors Mm -hmm. who then pick the next 40 some odd, Mm -hmm. 47 some odd chairs. And so those those chairpersons are the people who pick the counselors. So it, it really scaffolds. Yes. Like far. Okay. Yeah. And so those chairs then mm-hmm. pick the counselors and they partner up and pick 24 per camp. Okay. Okay. So you were a counselor at fish camp. Yeah. So I was a, I was a fish camp counselor twice. Okay. I was, weirdly enough, session A red both times. Session A red. So that means it's the first session. And like, what is the color significance? Like, is there, that just a way to divide yeah, people? Okay. Yeah. There's no color significance. Like the red camp identifies the no it, it just <laughs> okay. red camp is red camp because once they tell you about jack camp you'll be like oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'll probably get a lot more info yeah on, on um like we're very specific about our colors and we stand by them like really mm. hardcore so okay yeah. so there's there's session a yours session a red um did y'all have like a name or a chant for red yeah or because y'all do chants the whole purpose of these freshman introductory camp guys is for you to learn about your school history tradition and get to meet people you're coming in with mm-hmm. and so for a school like a&m this is a big deal because it's such a large campus you can get lost among people Absolutely. and so this is a good way for you to know older people like dalton who are not freshmen yeah. who can tell you hey this is what you're getting into and even talk to you on a personal level about just college in general mm-hmm. Or if you had questions about the core or the band, or there's other counselors who do other things. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you were a counselor, I guess, what what do you feel like is the biggest importance of camp after now being a counselor and a camper and a chair mm-hmm. for some of these? Because you've been through quite a few. Yeah. So what do you feel like the most, like, what is the importance of camp to you? Like, what do you think the campers get the most out of it? I think just a sense of connection with the university. Uh-huh. Um, and that's just kind of in a general Span. We're yeah. not talking about fish camp with this conversation that we're right. kind of spending on. The the importance of this is just kind of having building a connection with your own university, mm-hmm. giving yourself some identity. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you can get lost. Right. In any university setting, any college yes, setting. You people can, do it at SFA, and it's a lot smaller. Yeah. You you can get lost mm-hmm. um, in this sea. I mean, it did it size does not really matter. You can get mm-hmm. lost in this sea of people. Right. In this sea of just a new environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of establishing that identity or at least giving you the opportunity to establish it in a later time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also networking. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm big on like, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. Um, I would agree with that. Another, a 
Dr. Joe Townsend. That's a Joeism, as a we call it. A Joeism. A Joeism. A Joeism. Yeah. I like it. But yeah, so that that's one of the big Joeisms that's mm-hmm. that I live by. Yeah. Uh, I not I would not be where I'm at without the people without I Joe. know. Right. Well, not not with necessarily Joe. But Joe just, is one of them, but without sure. the people I know. Okay. Um so big networking opportunity with these programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just kind of knowing like the tradition, the history. Mm-hmm. Um for the freshman specific one, that one provides a lot of just resource, mm-hmm. um, like writing center resource and libraries mm-hmm. and counseling services, like things that are important that mm-hmm. these students that are going in, they're not. They have like, no idea. They've never college. Yeah. They, <laughs> they don't know because this is like the basically the, the archway between childhood and adulthood. Right. In a sense. Yeah. I would agree with But that. there's a lot of opportunity to get be given information be given resource be be given mm-hmm. um things that will support them and so mm-hmm. these programs really establish it's like hey we have these things right if you have an issue we're here to give you counseling services mm-hmm. if you need help writing right we're here for a writing center like mm-hmm. those different little things and right. there's tons that you could talk on mm-hmm. um but they fit that into four days right all these different things and y'all also teach them because A&M does not have cheerleaders they have yell leaders yes. whenever you go to any athletic event or really just big A&M event y'all do the yells mm-hmm. which is in support of your school yeah and so you get to help teach yells at the transfer camp yes um, and transfer camp is like fish camp but obviously as the name states it's for people who are transferring in yes and so tell me probably like the biggest difference that you like between transfer camp and fish camp about either one or the other yeah fish fish camp was definitely like really helpful for me because I was a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of resonating with that. It was like in my introduction mm-hmm. to Texas A&M. I mean, there are things that I knew, but I didn't know everything right. like, like about Texas A&M, even though I grew up there. I was right. like, there's so much stuff here. There's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. That, even just the history. And yeah. there's even social events that y'all have at these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so y'all do the resources, y'all do the yells, and then the social events. I remember my sister went to a dance because Allison went to A&M. Mm-hmm. And the purple group, mm-hmm. they started forming a circle around everyone and started going purple in a circle, purple in a circle, <laughs> purple in a circle. As far as like the biggest thing between freshmen, so you, you appreciate it from the freshman aspect since you were a freshman. Mm-hmm. But as far as the transfer camp, what do you really yeah. appreciate? about that yeah so before we gotta get there just a little backstory on mm-hmm. me from freshman like fish camp mm-hmm. to transfer camp how i kind of got involved with the transfer um students was actually not getting picked to do fish camp for a third okay. time yeah and that actually got to, it was but i'm i was given the opportunity mm-hmm. to continue on with camp right in a different, in a different sense, way yeah um with a different group of students and so okay. i was extended an offer to roll over my application and okay. a little bit of my my interview but get to re-interview for the transfer camp co-chairs okay. those individuals mm-hmm. um were very gracious enough to provide that for everyone who mm-hmm. weren't selected right only a like specific group of students will take that offer mm-hmm. and so i was one of them and i was like i i don't imagine myself not continuing the impact that i had with freshmen right I want to continue that with, with transfer students. Right. And I was I was going in there with a little bit of hesitancy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's correct. Sure. Um, we'll go with it. We'll it's go a, with it. It's a term now. Yes. Um, but I was a little hesitant with going through that process. Like, I have no one. Like, I know mm-hmm. absolutely no one. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out that was false. Um, 
later right. on in the story, I ended mm-hmm. up met, meeting people that I was like, oh, I grew up with you. Right. Because um, you met one of my teammates, Madison Goolsby. Yeah. So that. shout out to Madison. Hey, Madison. Um, she was, when I got picked as a counselor mm-hmm. for transfer camp, transfer camp, session two, green mm-hmm. camp Schrader, she actually was selected as a teamer. And mm-hmm. so to be a teamer, which mm-hmm. was something I served on as later on, mm-hmm. um, you have to Previously been a counselor. Yes. At least once. And so she was a counselor once. Mm-hmm. And then she was picked up for team. Mm-hmm. And she actually got assigned to my camp to be our mm-hmm. teamer. The teamer role is very much like a mentorship role within camp. Right. They know the ropes of camp, but mm-hmm. then they serve as background. They okay. serve as logistics. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also learn yells. Right. Um, Aggie so they yells. still get to be a part of it. Exactly. So they Good. still get that camper impact. Right. Um, they get to provide that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also, they're the bones. They're, right. they're the backbone of camp. And without them, you, we can't run stuff like that. We had exactly. what were called, like, they were just student leadership Mm-hmm. positions for Jack Camp and there were four mm-hmm. um and they ran everything behind like we couldn't stay hydrated or live without mm-hmm. them because a lot of a lot of things that a lot of people don't know is also these are held out in the woods yeah yeah so these are held like at, like this is like camp camp guys and the reason we do this is because for Jack Camp for Fish Camp whatever to host that many people you can't just have people running rampant on a university campus mm-hmm. you just can't we don't have enough money for the dorms and things like that but at camp camp you can host that many people mm-hmm. you can feed that many people and you can do it efficiently effectively and have the space to do it yeah. so that's why we have it at actual camp but it's in texas humidity and oh, summer yeah. and so we all kind of like sweat lose 10 pounds a little bit starved you're, you're like super over exhausted but it's all like completely worth it yeah um after some of the like memories you make like what are some of your favorite memories from any of your camps yeah um i think some of like the more treasured ones were later on when i was involved with transfer camp no not saying like one was better than the other sure um i think i was i was per, like specifically impacted mm-hmm. with just my growth and leadership with transfer camp yeah it was a lot more meaningful in the sense it was like we don't have to teach these kids how to college right we get to just connect with them oh that's great and provide them yeah, yeah, yeah. just the opportunity to like build a network and yeah. give them background of texas a&m right and that that was definitely a lot more meaningful for me i stopped resonating with just the opportunity i was being given to impact freshmen i was like i i do it every day right like when i was involved with the core i was doing it every day i was mm-hmm. like i'm giving these People when you got your people feed, like what you were talking about, yeah. you were like, I'm a people person now. I understand that yeah. about myself. Um, and I, I'm definitely someone that's like, okay, we give them the opportunity. The ball is in their court. Right. They utilize it however they want. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of a little tired of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to just be spitting this info to these students and see whether or not they're taking right. taking it for themselves or not. Right. The transfer students, mm-hmm. they worked hard right. to get to Texas A&M. Right. And that's for any university. I mean, those transfer students work hard to get mm-hmm. wherever they're going. Right. I resonated with that because it's like I worked hard mm-hmm. to get to where I was. Okay. And so it's like that. I can connect with these students yeah. more. I was not a transfer student, but right. just within our experiences of like right. working hard mm-hmm. and getting to where we're then there at that right. checkpoint. Went through like the things that you had to do within your major even. Mm-hmm. You had to work hard to get into that and figure out yeah. what you wanted. So I get that. Yeah. And so... I connected with those students more and mm-hmm. I have a lot more friends from them, not even in my like immediate camps, but just like the entire program. Yeah. Like the network of it. Yeah. And yeah. like T camp is small. Like it's only mm-hmm. two sessions and three camps. See, so, that's what Jack camp is. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, I mean, I got to connect a lot more with mm-hmm. the entire program rather right. than just like the people in my session. And right. so that, that was where that kind of stemmed going to like the memories, mm-hmm. cherished memories. Definitely, when I was on team, loved that entire experience. So two years ago, I 
going back and thinking, like, I did Howdy Camp twice. Uh-huh. Howdy Camp is a January program. So two okay. years ago, um, I served as a teamer. Team Bayless, Camp Rotter, those mm-hmm. were my people. But that was so incredible just because mm-hmm. it was like, I now serve as a leader, sh- like a leader right. within, the, within the program. I was getting to mentor fresh counselors. Oh, these, that's these, like, so great. brand new people that right. never have been a counselor before. I got mm-hmm. to mentor them. Um, mm-hmm. I got to assist where I could, like, assist. Mm-hmm. I didn't just stand there and so do one So much of role. your dad is coming out in this right yeah. now, and I love it because your dad is very much like that. Mm-hmm. But with the kids he teaches, like me, emotional, Amanda, seventh <laughs> grade. But you got to deal with college students, mm-hmm. which is a lot safer and yeah. better. So I, I got to do just a lot of different things just within that role. I got to serve my purpose just in multiple different places sure. all the time like mm-hmm. throughout that. And it was like three months. Like, mm-hmm. you get picked in October, and then, like, the first week of January is when camp happens. And mm-hmm. so, like, it's, like, three months less mm-hmm. than that to prepare for right. these students that are coming in halfway through the year. Right. They're, like, really uprooting. Yeah. And, like, taking on a new thing at a, it's like, a very beginning of a calendar thing, yeah. year. Like, those students are just a lot more, like, scared because it's, like, I just was at some place. Right. There was and now not, I'm like, a long enough break for me to, like, get accustomed transition. to something. Yeah. yeah completely. Um, and so... That, that was really awesome. And then a year later, mm-hmm. this past January, I served as a chair. And mm-hmm. that was something I was working for for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually one of the reasons why I didn't continue on with Fish Camp was because okay. I didn't get picked up as a chair. Right. I didn't get picked up as a counselor. And so it was like, okay, I'm let's go kind of transition off. Not for like malicious intent. No, but like, like you still I wanted to be a part serve. of it. Yeah. I wanted to serve as a chair. Um, I knew being in that position, I got to pick the next people right. to step up. Which is really cool. Oh, it was so incredible. Mm. It was awesome. My chair partner, Whitney Torres, mm-hmm. um, her and I got to pick 22 incredible counselors mm-hmm. to lead the charges of these like 70 some odd campers. Mm-hmm. Um, got to got to pick these people. They were cream of the crop. Cream like, of the crop. Absolutely. Um, Camp Britain was our was our name mm-hmm. um and what was nice was just really cool i got to serve in an ideal role mm-hmm. and i actually nominated my mother d jones right So your mom was a namesake for the university. Yeah. And that was really special because you were a part of Fish Camp as a counselor, mm-hmm. a chairman, a teamer. Mm-hmm. And then to be a namesake, what do you have to get to do that? You had nominated your mom. Yeah. So I nominated mom. There's not much like credential needed mm-hmm. for nomination mm-hmm. other than like good friend or former student of Texas A&M. Sure. Um, and that the nominee or Mm -hmm. the the nominator Mm -hmm. um, has a good story to tell. Oh, well, Um, she's your mother. So you have many great ones. I wasn't the only one that submitted a nomination. I know a couple of my core buddies actually did. Oh, And so the backstory of like why I did mine, which Mm -hmm. I think was pretty similar to like why my buddies did Mm -hmm. was we always hosted a Christmas party. Like our core buddies, we would always host a Christmas Christmas buddy party at Mm -hmm. my house. Okay. And it kind of got bigger and bigger like every year throughout our core year. Mm -hmm. And the final one was a lot more special in Mm -hmm. the sense that 
one of our buddies actually lost his Aggie ring um, <gasps> during spring break. I think he was skiing or something. Oh my god! Um, I actually don't remember entire the entire backstory, but mm-hmm. he lost it, could not find it. Right. And it like I mean the Aggie ring is a sense of pride for everyone. Right. And you hit a certain milestone, you mm-hmm. qualify to order it, and then you order it, and kind of shabam, it happens at this big old Aggie ring day. Right. Um, and so he received his and then loses it soon mm-hmm. after. And so we all pitched in to get him a new one. Stop. Yeah. That's cute. Oh, so my gosh. We, over the summer, we were like, we need to, That's like, so do something. Mm-hmm. Like, we're all buddies. So we all pitched in to buy buy him a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it under, like, a gift. Like, we did it as a gift. At gi- the Christmas uh, party? Yeah. So oh, my God. We did it as a gift order mm-hmm. for someone else. And then we held on to it for maybe a good month, month and a half. That's a good secret for a un- month. Until that Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And we did, like, the Russian nesting doll box yes, thing even so better even better the small little ring box with 18 mm-hmm. boxes because we we're class of 18 but there was also 18 of us buddies okay so oh, it's weird cute. like yeah like symbolism and all of that mm-hmm. i mean I'll, I'll wrote like a little letter or something mm-hmm. just like we love yeah. you as a buddy like this is this, this is, is something you. from all of us right and we recorded it and mm-hmm. so like we sent it off to the association they picked it up they did like a little oh but had that that had that would not have happened unless mom and dad right in, and mostly mom mm-hmm. um dad was definitely like the the helper too right um but i knew that if i had nominated mom mm-hmm. she's gonna bring the family right along and so i shared this story within the nomination mm-hmm. um tied everything to like the core values of a and mm-hmm. um and just like that they also both my parents were transfer students mm-hmm. in the 80s oh, right around the time wow. when transfer camp had begun so that's even more so, connecting but they didn't get to go like right. it was new it was so not this publicized was their way to kind of go i didn't exactly. know that yeah so this Post is jones you got to go to transfer camp <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> so this this is their opportunity to go as participants but also as people that were going to be honored right um and i mean there are those there are only two camps for howdy camp mm-hmm. the january perm one session and so i got to lead one camp while mom oh, also got to essentially lead the other yeah. as a namesake right um and so that was really special um mm-hmm. And like both of our campsers, like the the people that were in those camps, mm-hmm. the counselors, chairs, the campers, mm-hmm. they're now leading charge of oh the my program. Gosh. So like our influence, they are it's, in it's our respective on. role. Carry is carrying on. That's so special. Which is really cool. I didn't know that both uh, Coach Jones and Miss Deanne were transfers, and mm-hmm. that that start. I didn't know all of that. Yeah. So you don't tell me enough, Coach Jones. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so yeah. So mm-hmm. well, that's really cool. So at the end of this episode, we're gonna we're gonna tell y'all how you can apply for Fish Camp as a camper if you're coming into A and M, and if you want to be a counselor, where to go. Dalton's gonna give you that information too. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's gonna be coming up again for transfer camp and for Fish Camp too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah, but. I'm talking about all this stuff and just transfer camp, fish camp, all of that, and talking about Texas A&M, but like, I'm not here just for me. I'm here no. for you. I want to learn from you. Okay. So why t- why SFA? Why, why'd you pick that school? Okay, listen. So it was very detrimental to the family um, when I did not pick the God, country, given, blessed <laughs> Texas A&M University. Um, and so it was It was very hard. But my mom even said when I was going in as a freshman, she's like, I never saw you at A&M. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but she didn't mean that insultingly. She just always saw me branching out somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I did music, 
A&M, like you said, the ensembles are great. They're mm-hmm. phenomenal. Century Singers for Choir, cor- er, Singing Cadets for Choir, yeah. phenomenal stuff. But the music program to get your music education degree, there's actually not a music education degree. You can get your Bachelor of Fine Arts, but that's not enough for me to go into where I am now. Yeah. And so I went to SFA, and I actually didn't want to go at first because I wanted to go to a different university, and then that university did me really wrong. Um, and that will come up in later episodes of the big school versus small school when we talk about rivalries. We'll, we'll talk about that and how I'm not bitter, but I just hold that against them. So, <laughs> um, so one thing that my parents were very big on, they're like, you're going to go to Jack Camp. I was like, what the heck is Jack Camp? Mm-hmm. And I'm extremely extroverted. I've always been extremely extroverted. Um, but they're like, it's like fish camp. <laughs> it's like fish camp, but since I knew what that was growing up here, but it's for your school. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm okay with that. And my college roommate was random. Mm-hmm. I didn't, out of my graduating class at Bryan High, nobody was coming to SFA with me. Okay. Out of a class of 500, nobody was going. So I was like, all right, um, well, I guess I'll get a random roommate. Her name's Mariana. We've mentioned her before. She's from the Valley. She drove up from McAllen, Texas. Oh my God. <laughs> to come ride with me to Jack Camp. And I remember we went to Taco Bell. She had never had Taco Bell. When you live in McAllen, oh, why would you eat Taco no, Bell? that's a crime. Right, it is. It's punishment. And so... I introduced her to the Taco Bell quesadilla. You're welcome, girlfriend. And we we drive to camp. And I remember I get there, and it's, like, outdoor and woodsy. I'm like, okay, cool. I meet some people in my cabin. They're really nice. And then the counselors come out for the first session. And they're just, like, really hyped up. And I'm very much an all-in person. And I won most spirited for my senior class. I was like, all right, SFA, okay. I like this. And the the, the thing that's really different about... Jack Camp is because we're a smaller school, we can't have as many sessions. We, yeah. we don't have the numbers. But what we do is we get into camp and we play like some icebreakers and whatever else, and you get put into your family groups. Mm-hmm. The families are named after celebrity couples. So they're like you could be a part of the Kardashian family, oh, the that's Potter so family, funny. the Cullen family from Twilight, <laughs> um, the Carter family. The Carters, like Beyonce and Jay Z, because oh. um, I was I was Miss Carter once. <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> everybody bow down um, when I was a counselor, and so that night, your first night at camp, and this scared the heck out of me because my my dad, you have parents in the group, and mm-hmm. I had a mom and a dad, and my dad, Miguel, hey Miguel, he um he was like, no guys, if any of y'all get scared in this in this next part, I thought we were about to get hazed. <laughs> I oh, was so yeah. I was terrified. I was like, "What is about to happen to us?" My parents sent me with the trust that they would take care of their child mm-hmm. that's about to go to college, and we go through a tribal ceremony. What? And I'm like, "What the heck is a tribal ceremony?" So what's really funny is they did it at night. Now we do it during the day, so it's not as scary. Oh. But we did it at night, and it was raining and lightning. And the Austin <laughs> tribe, we don't know what tribe you don't know what tribe you're in until you get into that area where your tribe is your mm-hmm. family they what happens is the family groups of like 10 people 10 to 15 people each all make up a certain tribe so everyone in your family will be a part of the same tribe as oh, you okay so you go into a room or outside or wherever and because it was raining one of us got to stay inside my group and the other group had to do their initiation in the rain and the thunder and it was like really intense for them <laughs> and lightning was going everywhere and they were like all right we're a part of this tribe so they went outside and did theirs me and my college roommate got split because we were in the same family group oh and then we didn't end up being in the same tribe and so we got put in tribes, and it's actually really cool. It, it sound, I'm leading it up to sound like hazing, and it's not. What it is is they say, 
they, they read this thing. If you're a tribal leader, you get picked by the counselors to lead the tribes during competition that week. And the oh. tribes battle against each other. And the tribal leaders will read from a scroll, like, you have been selected to be a part of such and such tribe. This tribe is known for its this, this, this. This is its color. So when you were saying the colors earlier, how they have no significance, mm-hmm. we go really hard on our color. You're either red or purple. Yeah. Those are the only two options. Mm-hmm. So the Rusk tribe is what you've been honored into. Rusk is a namesake of the university. And okay. so that's how I got picked as the tribe name. And then there's the Austin tribe. And so they announce you one by one. And you had to go, I am Rusk or I am Austin. Oh, and wow. everyone like whoops for you. Or they like, we have axe handles, yeah. not with actual axe metal yeah. on them, but just the axes themselves. And that's the tradition we have. And all the counselors make their own and mm-hmm. paint their own. So I have like five, like you have um, with your colors and like the overalls. That's something we didn't get to mention earlier. Dalton has overalls to kind of help show the traditions of the university. Yeah. One of our traditions with the axe handle is you make your own based on what you're involved in. Okay. And so like all of the counselors are like beating their axe handles against the ground and it's it's really cool when it echoes and everything and you get red face paint on mm-hmm. and you get inducted into the tribe. That's cool. And so um, then they circle around you <laughs> <laughs> and they, mind you, we're in the dark and that's why they did this in the daylight after we did our session and they start <laughs> telling you like, okay, you're going to be competing against Austin tribe the entire week. So you need to learn your team chance because you're going to be put in teams when you compete, not your family groups. Family group is like cutesy time, get to know each other. Yeah. Teams is like, we're going to go to war together. Yeah. And so we had to learn these chants so that way whenever we were competing against each other, we could do these chants. So like Rusk was always known for having really creative chants. Austin was always known for like being really hyped and really just like in your face about it in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when Mariana and I got split, we were put on opposing tribes. And at the end of camp, somebody wins camp. You you collect points throughout the week. But then there's also things where they break you away from your tribe. You go back into your family groups and we do things called like, we have this one thing called the wall. Mm -hmm. And it's a get to know you type of thing. But they put stereotypes of athletes, academia, like nerds, Mm -hmm. sorority, Greek life, African-American, Caucasian, rich people, poor people. And each family group writes stereotypes of that category and you put them on this wall. And what you do is if you're brave enough, you go up to the wall and you pick a stereotype you think you fall under and you say why it's not true because you're the exception and then you rip it in front of everybody and throw it in the trash can. Oh. And it helps people know where you're coming from, what you've had to get to. Mm-hmm. We've also, we also do the cross the line game to help people understand like the hardships you're facing in college, other people or from high school, people in college have faced those same things. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't know their full story, it's really cool to get to know them on that deeper level without having to share their whole life. Um, Before we do every meal, we have to sing the school song. And so by the end, they all know the school song. Yeah. Every, but like people at Jack Campbell, I never knew it. But the thing with us was like, because we're a smaller school, when I went to move in, I was scared, you know, Mm -hmm. because I just come back from Jack camp, this fun experience. I was like, I'm not going to see those people anymore. I knew like 10 people the minute I walked into my dorm. Oh, yeah. And it was so nice and refreshing because, again, I'm, I'm coming two hours from home where everybody else went to A&M, which is fine, but I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And I just came from camp where I feel like I'm not going to see anybody. I saw my roommate again, obviously, and then I saw, like, ten people, and I was like, hey, hey hi, hi, yeah. how are you? And, like, hugging people, and my mom and dad are like, how do you already know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm at camp. Yeah. You know? And so, um, logistically, you have about 500 kids per camp. And then they break off into the tribes, which is about 250 per tribe. And then that comprises of so many family groups per tribe. Mm-hmm. And so after I was a camper, I was a counselor for three years. And one year I was a tribal leader and we won. Um, so your name goes down in that. 
And the guy that I did it with, because you get a guy and a girl for each session. Mm-hmm. So you vote in somebody for the first session guy and girl, and then another guy and girl for the second session for your tribe. Um, the guy that I did mine with, his name was Ray Williams. And his you have to give a speech of why you want to be oh, yeah. a tribal leader. Oh, no. Have you ever seen Independence Day? The movie? Oh, my gosh, yeah. He did the speech from Independence Day. <laughs> his way to get, and he was like, "On this day, we go to war." We were like, "What are you talking about?" And then, like, people started picking up it from Independence Day, and they were filming it, and that's how he got him to be a counselor um, or a tribal leader. One of my favorite memories in general. And this sounds very dangerous. It's not. There's a pool at camp. Yeah. And they they put this this circle, this huge circle. It's huge, um, so you can jump through it. And it's safe. A fire. They light it on fire on the pool water. Wait, what? That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, oh, it's, man. It's, and, uh. and so what you do is at the end, once you announce... Yeah, she knows. Um, <laughs> she, she, Mom knows about this. My mom's in the next room and coach is like, is your mom aware? Um, but what happens is once someone wins camp, you're supposed to become Jack Tribe at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, and before you do that, you have a competition that's like this coagulation of different chants and songs that you change the lyrics to so like the creative people who aren't athletic in this competition stuff it's their way to input it Mm -hmm. um and be a part of it and so you find out who wins after you do the champ part at camp and i can show it to you but you do stuff based on the traditions like representing since 1923 and then you change the lyrics of a song on a radio to represent your tribe and you do like three of those and at the end you talk about being jack tribe someone gets announced as the winner is camp but once the winner happens you have to jump in this pool as tribal leaders and ray was deathly afraid of deep water and i was deathly afraid of heights oh and my favorite memory with him i'm like getting emotional about it now my favorite memory of camp forever was when we were tribal leaders we won and at the end of the second session we jumped he he was like you're gonna do if i'm gonna do and i'm not gonna let go of your hand like i'll hold your hand through the entire time and he's like six three like big dude yeah and i was just like okay i'm still really scared he jumps i can't jump i'm like frozen and i'm the only one who doesn't jump so i'm like filled with shame there's 500 campers yelling like amanda and i'm like i'm cone of shame i have to go down the stairs i can't jump he runs back up and comes back up a second time and he's like you're gonna go Mm-hmm. And I was like, you just jumped in the water. He's like, I'm going to do it again. I don't care. You're going to go and you're going to face this. He's like, I will not let go of you. I was like, you can't like, like, and I hit the water hard. Like, oh, yeah. cause it's like a 12 foot drop. Oh yeah. It's, it's huge. But, and there's like a little bit of fire at this point. Not much. Like I put the fire die. It wasn't <laughs> even like getting hit by the fire. It was just, I didn't want to feel like I'm short. And so mm-hmm. falling is like a big deal for me because I'm already small mm-hmm. and where he's six, three, he gets to the water. Well, technically not quicker because gravity, but like, it feels like he gets there quicker mm-hmm. and he jumped back in the water with me a second time. He unfortunately passed away my senior year mm-hmm. and that was incredibly, incredibly hard on all of us. But it was, we had talked two weeks before about what we were going to do at camp our senior year mm-hmm. and then he passed. Mm-hmm. And so when we went back to camp that senior year, one of the things in our chance that we did was he has a tattoo that literally says no regrets. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, <laughs> R-A-G-R-E-T-S. Because oh he's like, God. I literally want to live my life as trying to do my best, but I know I'm not going to be perfect and learn mm-hmm. from it. And he had a tattoo. And so we had to tell the campers what had happened to him, mm-hmm. you know, and our story. And so they did no regrets since 1923. And they now mm-hmm. carry a an axe handle that says Ray Williams mm-hmm. to every camp that they go to from here on out. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, 
they were very like Vish Camp and Jack Camp are definitely very different experiences. But I mean, like I still have like my Jack Camp kids that I talk to, and like they're graduating now, and I'm like, that's my child. I know. That's that's my son. That's my daughter. Like my son graduated the other day, and I was like tearing up. I was like, mm, that's my baby. Mm-hmm. But they're only like three years younger than me. Yeah, yeah. You could so no no way parent them by any means. Some of my freshmen from my very first camp started graduating like uh-huh. this past May and yeah. August, and just graduated. And you're and just like. like I'm like, like, I may not have had like as much of an impact as I would have liked to, but you still had some kind of part in their story, which is really cool. Right. And I have a very similar experience with Mm -hmm. like a friend of mine who was involved with camp that Mm -hmm. passed away. Oh, really? Um, Not like partner connection, Mm -hmm. but like we still had a connection. She was in a different camp, um, in fish camp. Her name was Caroline Killian. Mm -hmm. Um, anyone who listens to this, who is involved in the program Mm -hmm. or even in my class, like they know who this person is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She resonated everything that was Texas A&M, mm-hmm. but also that was like fish camp and just right. like in being such an inclusive person. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you could walk into a room, meet her for the first time. And mm-hmm. she's like, your one of your friend. really good friends Aww, now. I love that. Um, her. Yeah. She, she carried on a legacy. Like after her passing, she, mm-hmm. she actually passed away while she was a counselor. Oh um, my gosh. So she was, it was like the summer leading up to like her third time being in camp. Um, oh my I think it was like halfway through the summer. That's that's when Ray's happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was going to be a counselor for the third time. Yeah, and yeah. she she passed away. Um, and in like no time flat, there was an endowment established in her name mm-hmm. that summer. Yeah, for students that's... for student scholarships to go to, to fish go camp. See... And I think about a dozen students that summer went to school oh or went God. to camp because under her of name. Her name. That's yeah. incredible. And so that, that, that is a permanently established one that carries well, on that's, that, forever. That, like, gives me chills. Like, that that's mm-hmm. why we do what we do because, like, we love our university so much. So, like, for our people in the North, this is not where you make schedules. Like, we have a student orientation and things yeah. like that. But that's how much, like, I think that speaks a lot to either to even just the su- Southern hospitality mm-hmm. about us and just, like, the camaraderie in the South. Not that there's not that in the North, but my friends from the North speak to this and they're like, we don't have anything mm-hmm. like this, you know? Um, so it's really special. And I'm, I'm glad we got to talk like the differences because they're both equally as important based on for our universities. Um, so thanks for coming with your yeah. dad today. And where can they apply for fish camp if they want to go for fish camp? I think they're or transfer applic- camp. Yeah. Both, um, both are like through Maroon link. So maroon mm-hmm. mm-hmm. for applying to be counselor, um, mm-hmm. co-chair director, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for fish camp, they'll open it up like late January, early February okay. transfer camp. It'll open around the same time, but later. Mm-hmm. And like those students, like if you apply for fish camp, like you automatically kind of qualify to go through the application process with transfer right. camp on the chance that you're not selected. Right. Um, so I always tell those students who apply for like fish camp, it's like, Hey, you still have your opportunity for impact. Right. Don't stop here. Like right. if you don't get picked, it's okay. Don't, that's okay. Cause right. I mean, I living proof of that, like it's okay. Like right. you'll survive. Right. You can still make an impact on a different audience that may need it more. Right. And, um, and so for SFA, if you just search, um, SFA Jack camp, it will come up immediately and it will go on the link. It's on the SFA website, I think under, um, student activity or something like that. But I know if you search it, the link automatically comes up to apply and things like that. Well, again, thank you for coming in today and we will probably check back in maybe after another summer, things like that. Um, or have you back on for big school versus small school. But if you have any questions, guys, feel free to message me. Um, or I can set you up with Dalton for my A&M people. Or if you go to another university, between the two of us, we will find someone for you oh, yeah. um, to be a part of something like this. So we hope you enjoy your day wherever you're at. And Axum, 
gig them. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye, guys.